Hello and welcome to day six of the Top Order Podcast's review of the 2023 Cricket World Cup. We've had a bumper day with two games on the scorecards. It's been 1,300 runs, 500s, a bounce-back performance from England, the highest World Cup run chase, successful World Cup run chase in, in history from Pakistan. We'll have all that for, more, for you and much, much more coming back after this. Raj, uh, view behind the curtain. It's been uh, uh, the Pakistan game and against Sri Lanka is the one that I've focused on. So I haven't really seen much of this England, Sri Lanka, uh, England. Uh, who did they play? It's played, uh, played it's Bangladesh. All, played Bangladesh. It's all it's all getting a bit much for me these early mornings. Up at five o'clock to try and watch the the highlights. Uh, we're doing very very well, I, I think, listeners to to even be around covering this. But mm. as I said, uh, it's been it's been tricky to try and focus on both games so I've pretty much skipped out of this England game I'm going to say they they needed this performance a lot of the coverage in in these early uh, parts of this build-up to this game was all about the dodgy Dharamashala outfield but also about how England really needed to bounce back after a really crushing defeat against New Zealand Mm. I'll I'll mention that as much as I can until uh, until things start to turn sour for New Zealand which I'm sure they will at, at some point in this tournament but uh, it really was, at least on paper, Raj, the performance that England needed. A, a big, big win against Bangladesh. Yep, commanding performance. They were superior in all all facets of the game. Uh, starting with, with the batting, top three were, were beautiful. David Milan's innings was a real cracker if you can get onto the highlights and watch that, or even better, the full, full innings. If you can watch that full innings, it is definitely something great to watch. Um, it's an interesting one because the pitch, it, it looked beautiful, even placed, flat. Um, anything short of a good length that just sort of sat up and was, was punished. Um, the margin of error was just so small and, and Bangladesh just bowled generally too short uh, okay. to, to those English batsmen and they just sat on the back foot and punished them. Uh, when you look at it from the other side of the coin, when England bowled, they tended to bowl a lot fuller and they found the right length for the speeds that they were bowling and um, it was almost opposite in that England found it really easy with a harder newer ball uh, and struggled towards the end where Bangladesh bowled some really uh, good off pace sort of change ups uh, at the end of their innings probably saved them from having to chase over 400 um, versus yeah the the chase was probably almost done within the first sort of 10-15 overs for the Bangladeshis because they lost those wickets very early yeah, yeah. Talk to me a bit about Milan, and and um, I know we, you know, we we sort of know all about Root, and and I mean, I think we should know about Milan by now. But I think a lot of the talk uh, when you look at that Bearstow and and Milan partnership uh, in general, not just in this game, but uh, you know, Bearstow is seen as the aggressor. We've always we've had Jason Roy up there as the aggressor. Milan just kind of seems like he goes about his business. But I think the impressive part about him, at least today on, on the, the scorecard and the very small parts that I've watched, is the way he is able to lift that tempo and, and really sort of elevate things. It seemed like he did that particularly once he sort of got going and, and once he got to 100. And, and even uh, the start of, start of his innings, I'm, I'm always very impressed just the way he hits through that offside. Yeah, he, he looks beautiful uh, with all of his classical, you know, the whole Stephen Fleming classical off-drive uh, sort of stuff there, but he's got a whole heap of power. The real impressive thing about a lot of these innings which are going over 300 is the tempo of the partnership 
Uh, you're not having one guy go out there and, and smash at 200 strike rate and the other guy just uh, falling behind with an 80 strike rate getting to the end of the innings. You're seeing both of them go at 100, you know, not having to cover for the other batsman. And it just makes it easy and easy for the batsman and extremely hard for the bowlers. They just don't know where to bowl. Uh, looked controlled sometimes he does get a little bit uh, punchy with his with his shot play but he looked controlled so did Milan and then Joe Root coming in uh, at number three once that platform was laid uh, is uh, he, he's just one of the best consolidators of a platform like that that you can find and he scored at 120 strike rate but he doesn't even it doesn't look like it it looks like he is just scoring uh, at a runner ball just 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 flowing with his stroke making but um, yeah that you mentioned uh, Milan sort of accelerating towards the end. I think once he got mm. to his 100, you saw him really sort of change into that 2020 persona, and he was really uh, going for the boundaries. And look, like I said, the pitch was flat. It was great to bat on. Uh, and, you know, when somebody's in like that on that kind of wicket, it's just hard to stop them. The thing that I've uh, noticed so much in this World Cup, kind of as we've been going, and you mentioned it there with partnerships, You've got to take wickets in, in this World Cup. I mean, through the, obviously you need to take them in all facets of the game. But I think the one like people talk about, you've got to take wickets up front, and then people talk about you've got to bowl well at the death. I think the underrated part is that what I've seen so far in this World Cup is that if you're not taking wickets in the middle as well, it's really really crucial because just the way these teams and, and the players these days are able to build partnerships. You know, we we'll get onto it when we get onto the second game as well, but. Yeah, just if you do not take wickets in this World Cup, if some, if any, you know, basically anywhere up and down the order, if people are able to build partnerships, they they score at ease. They score at six runs and over with you know with absolute ease. So, yeah, the old adage used to be what if you get to whatever you get to at one hundred and fifty, you, you double. Sorry, whatever you get to at thirty overs, you double it. Right mm. now, it's whatever you get to at thirty overs, you add two hundred. 250 on top of it if you've got wickets in hand um and that's why you're seeing 350 scored regularly here um mm. if you get to 30 overs with wickets in hand and a platform laid with a, a batting lineup that bats to nine or ten you really uh, just have a absolutely a rocket ship uh you're on a rocket ship all the way to 300 400 runs but then in saying that, England didn't do that they they sort of struggled at the end there I think they lost seven for for 68 pretty much off off the final 10 and a few balls there what what what's going on there i mean it, you know obviously a, a a big performance from from england 364 that they'll look at this and think you know much like Baldy was asking me yesterday about new zealand's performance against the netherlands i'm sure they'll look at this and think on paper at least it's it's pretty much the perfect performance but i don't think they'll be that thrilled about the way they finished that innings because it could have easily gone over 400 right yeah, I think it's actually an interesting way to look at it. I think if you're England, you go, uh, good, there is some stuff that we can improve on there, and that's how we closed the innings. Uh, the first sort of 30, 35 overs, 40 overs of that innings were were sublime. Um, but I don't. I think it would be rude not to say that Bangladesh bowled incredibly well in that last sort of 12, 
10 overs. Mm. Uh, the ball that Liam Livingston got, I don't know if anyone can go and see it, the first ball he got, left arm uh, over the wicket to him, just, just knocked his off pole out of the out of the ground, or not out of the ground, but it should have if it was a little <laughs> bit more water in the, um, in the, in the stump holes. But uh, it was a beautiful ball to get first up, and that sort of started the rot a little bit. Uh, if Liam Livingston had got in there and faced 20, 30 balls, I think that uh, the score would have been closer to 400, if not over it. But there was uh, great changes of pace. They found their length a little bit better, and and also as I said, that ball got a bit as the ball got a bit softer. England seemed to struggle a little bit with that um, as well. And we move on to the bowling. Uh, England made a change to their lineup. Brought in left out an all rounder, Moe Ali. Brought in Reese Topley. Seemed like uh, seemed like that paid dividends pretty quickly in in the uh, Bangladesh innings. Yeah, Reese Topley was was incredible. Uh, you know, the other seamers I think struggled a little bit. Uh, this pitch just had an incredibly uh, small margin for error uh, as a pace bowler. Uh, you needed to hit that length just full, of, just full of a length at pace. Uh, Reese Topley found it beautifully, uh, and. If you look at the dismissals between the two innings, a lot of the England ones were on the back foot or, or having a hit towards the end, whereas the uh, Bangladeshi wickets were people coming forward, nicking it or uh, pushing it to a point where a couple of uh, Reese Topley's wickets were taken. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good performance all round. Mark Wood was good as well. Uh, I don't think it was quite his pitch. You know, the pitch didn't have a incredible amount of pace in it, but he bowled really well, restricting runs, uh, and he was hard to get away. And then Adil Rashid, uh, his spin bowling, and, and Liam Livingston, they just seemed to find a much better length uh, than um, the Bangladeshis, and they were able to really rip the ball towards the end of the day. There was a lot more turn. Adil Rashid got a beautiful uh, wrong and through the gate to uh, Mahedi Hassan there, which I think that uh, you'll want to go back and have a look at, Stu, if you haven't seen it already. Um, but I think it was an all-round performance with, with the ball. Uh, great performance with the bat, all-round performance with the ball. I think they'll be much happier uh, what, four or five days on from their first game. It, interesting you mentioned Wood. Um, he was someone that I I was sort of at least looking for on the scorecard because uh, certainly after the, the game that we've seen uh, afterwards, this Pakistan-Sri Lanka game that we'll, we'll talk about shortly, um, it seems so extreme pace, you know, is has been something that uh, has been quite critical in in ODI cricket and and in T Twenty cricket. But it seems at the moment that they're they're sort of going the distance. So England will be very pleased, I would have thought, to see, as you say, uh, Mark Wood going for only twenty nine off his ten overs. Yeah, definitely, and. Uh... It's it's interesting because this is a day game, right? Which I don't think is representative of how the the dew factor may assist these faster bowlers at night. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, uh, the way I describe it, it wasn't really his pitch. Anything short short of a length was really it just sat up and asked to be hit, um, even at, even at pace. So he he bowled a, a good line in length, and that's a great bow to have. Uh, so a string to his bow to have uh, to be able to bowl like that if it's not quite his type of wicket. Anything else you'd like to add before we move on to to the next game? No, not at all. I, I think uh, this kind of performance from England is the one that, that the world needs to sort of be scared of. If they can string these together on a regular basis where they've just completely outclassed their opposition with the bat and with the ball, um, many teams are going to find it hard to hard to beat them. Yeah, and Afghanistan for them next, so they'll be they'll be thinking at least that they'll be uh, two and one after that game and sort of right back 
in the hunt for for those semi-final spots. We'll move on to Pakistan, Sri Lanka now. A game filled filled with runs, almost 700 mm. runs. I think it was the uh, biggest aggregate between these two sides is, uh, is something that I've read. Also the highest World Cup run chase. We finally had a close game, at least on paper. Uh, I'm, I'm not so sure uh, from from the, um, the last couple of hours that I've watched that it was quite as close as you might think uh, once Rizwan and uh, Abdullah Shafiq and then Saud Shaquille kind of got in, in the mix. But yeah, what are your what are your takeaways at least, Raj, from from looking at that scorecard? What are the first things that stand out to you? Well, the first thing is I want to I want to redirect the question to you actually, and <laughs> I'm looking at that score. You know, three forty four for nine. Uh, it was chased down with what eight eight fourteen balls remaining uh, yeah. by Pakistan, but for only four wickets down. And knowing uh, the this, this I think this was the same ground that Sri Lanka played South Africa on, high scoring game. They've got 344, but is that actually below par uh, on this wicket in this 400 World Cup tournament? Well, I think I think it goes back to what I was saying before about you've you've got to take wickets. I, I think mm. as you know, as you said, uh, you, you can just score runs so easily on you know grounds like this where where the pitch is really good, it's flat. There's not a lot in it for seamers. There's not a lot in it for for pace or for spin. It, it didn't turn a huge amount for for anyone. And so these these players these days they're just too good, you know. If you can if you can't take wickets, there's there's quality up and down every single lineup, and the the way that they can build runs in little ten over patches. So if you look at Sri Lanka, they scored. You know, you often as we said, we often talk about hitting out at the start in that first power play or going going big at the end. Sri Lanka got 101 for or 102 for one off between the overs 21 and 30. You know, players, as soon as you have a partnership building, things can just kick off and elevate very, very quickly. And the way Kusel Mendes, I mean, he did that against uh, South Africa, you know, 122 off 77 balls. He hits the ball all around the ground, you know, paces, they bowl to him, anything. He's just looking for anything short, anything with any amount of width. Some of the balls he was cutting, it's, there's, as you say, very, very small margin for error. And he's able to just, get on the back foot, smash it, smash it behind point. And then, you know, spinners come on and he's able to take them to all different parts of the ground as well. So, yeah, very, very impressive batting side of things from from Sri Lanka. But, you know, I, I mentioned the the way that they were 102 for one off their, you know, in that 10 over period. They then in the final 20 only scored 115 for six. So, you know, they could have again easily gone over 400 and, and it would have made it a much tougher chase for Pakistan. Yeah, uh, I was just looking at that. So at the fall of the fifth wicket there, the silver, they were, what, 294 for five after 41. Mm-hmm. So they've only scored about 50 runs in that last nine overs there. Uh what about the um, so, uh, the Pakistani bowlers? Uh, any standouts for you there? Uh, I didn't see a huge amount of the the Pakistan bowling. To to be fair, I I saw I've seen the highlights of of the wickets and things. I think the the key thing really that um, you know I will say this and saying that I haven't seen a huge amount of that bowling. What they do possess is the ability to pick up wickets at all different mm. parts in, in that bowling attack. I think probably they'll be a little bit concerned about Shadab Khan. Uh, the parts that I have seen of his bowling hasn't been quite as uh, useful and, and quite as controlled as, as I normally feel like he is. 
Um, but those three seamers, even you know, even missing Nassim Shah, the fact that uh, Hassan Ali can come back, uh, can come in and pick up some wickets. Harris Ralph is always a danger to pick up wickets at any point in the innings. He can come in and pick up, you know, in the middle overs and pick up a wicket, which you know stems that run rate. And you know, we we know what Shaheen Shah Freddy can do. So yeah, I, I mean, I think from from the the Sri Lankan batting uh, part of things, I, I do want to just shout out uh, Sadira Samara Wickra, someone I haven't seen a, a huge amount of, to be fair, before before this, but scores his first ODI 100. And again, someone who just played all around the ground. He uh, ran down the wicket and hit a, a six, really quite quite late in his innings, actually. Six over extra cover that was just beautiful. Uh, you know, you, you talked to me about uh, going back and watching the highlights of uh, of a ball through the gate. I think you would you would certainly enjoy uh, the, the step down the wicket to the to the spinner and donk them over wide extra cover. Uh, a shot that I've I've uh, I've known you for many times before. If you're you're too kind, um, to start <laughs> blushing. Uh, if you were the Sri Lankan coach and you you've seen the South African game and you've seen seen this game, are you you happy with the improvement? Uh, what 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 is your sort of assessment on the second game of the tournament in terms of improvement? I think you're wrapped with it with uh, big parts of the batting. I think you're pretty disappointed and and searching for answers really with the bowling. So you know as we, as we move to I guess that part of the innings, they they pick up a couple of early wickets. Madushanka gets Babar Azam and gets uh, Imam. Mm-hmm. You know I think you you're, you're thinking you're right on top there. You, you know you've got a big score on the board, but they they they're really struggling to find. Not just five bowlers, but four bowlers at the moment. Patirana is really, really struggling. You know, part of that I think is down to the way that uh, pace, you know, an extreme pace, is being able to be dealt with these days. You know, the, the fact that you can, uh, if there's any width or you know any uh, error, any margin for error, as you say, it's very, very easy to get the pace away on good wickets. But I think a lot of that is down to him. He bowled all over the place. You know, a lot of wides, a lot of uh, a lot of balls. He's trying a lot of different things, and look, you know, lengths, lengths, just all over the place. Lines all over the place. He's got to be a key bowler for them. Thick Shana came back in this game, and you know, added added a bit more control. You know, him and Wellalage. Look, you know, actually, I thought bowled reasonably well, but still, because mm. of the way that everyone else was leaking runs. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there wouldn't be many sides in a World Cup or or in even, you know, just general ODIs these days that have scored 300 uh, in consecutive games and, and lost, as, as I said at the start. It, it, on paper, this looks like quite a close game, but for the last 20 overs that I was watching, you know, tr- Pakistan were in total control of that run rate. And I guess, you know, Maybe we're being a bit um, harsh. You know, any tight side in the world would struggle to replace someone like Kasaranga. Um, they are missing him. So, you know, instead of looking for maybe seven overs, um, you know, to fill in seven overs of their fifty, they're probably looking to fill in about fifteen at the moment with him missing. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And um, and look, you know, I've got to give uh, Pakistan a huge amount of credit as well. They made a change. Uh, Fakir Zaman left out of the side. And Abdullah Shafiq comes in, scores, you know, a very, very impressive hundred. Mm. Kind of kept he was the one that kind of kept the momentum going while Rizwan was getting in. Uh, and then Rizwan just sort of as soon as he was in, he managed that innings. You know, you're not gonna see 
very much you're not going to see very many better innings uh, in terms of management and run rate and every time it, it felt like they needed a boundary he just came up with one he really accelerated his you know picked up the pace uh, towards the end of the innings even though he was suffering from Mark Richardson like cramps very uh, oh, really? very, very entertaining <laughs> at, at a few different points you know again ran down the wicket smashed one over um wide mid off for, for six and then just you know, arching back in in, in agony. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love those those moments as a fan. Obviously, not very very fun for for the batter, but yeah, yeah. Um, a special innings from him, and um, yeah, a, to to break a, a record chase. It's uh, I think they'll be they'll be pretty stoked with how that game's gone. Yeah, I I think so too. And and the thing that really sort of stands out to me if I look at you know cricket in general is how often we're seeing controlled run chases of six and a half, seven runs and over. Uh, whereas previously that, you know, you're dashing from the beginning and hoping to ha- have some luck, but um, now really controlled from what I've seen, uh, the little, little bit, little, you know, the last sort of 10, 12 overs that I did see a uh, real controlled chase towards the end there by Pakistan. They never looked like losing that. Um, and that would be a concern for me as the, uh, as the, the Sri Lankans. That's why I kind of asked that question when you're scoring three fifty. uh, with ease, will we'll, you put that in quote marks with ease? Yeah, and then just to have them chase down or have scores put on that are just well in excess of that is is a bit of a concern and something they'll have to have to look at. Oh, I think it's going to be a big problem for them. Um, I don't, I don't know how where they find the answers really because you know if if Patirana is going to continue to struggle, then uh, yeah, they, they just don't have the the strike power. I don't think to take to take those wickets and yeah, I mean. You talk about control there. Pakistan from their from twenty one to thirty, they scored seventy two runs. From thirty one to forty, they scored eighty nine for the loss of only one wicket. And then they then they're left only needing seventy four off the final ten. And that and they they cruised that. They they managed that. When someone bowled a good over, they were just milking them for ones. And then they were able to find the boundaries where wherever they can. So yeah, look, I mean, I guess we've seen two games today. Probably the results we. We expected actually, and and maybe even early on in this tournament, we're starting to see some of these top sides start to put a bit of a gap uh, between maybe you know the maybe the top six sides are, are going to become apparent uh, quicker than we thought. Even though I still I still feel like everyone can kind of beat each other on their day. Uh, I you know the the way that the results are going, we we have not yet seen uh, an upset or even really close to an upset so far in this tournament even though yes only only week one yeah I think you're right and that's one of the things when we're trying to sort of analyze these games it's interesting because they have sort of gone how we thought they would go uh those six teams as you say will become apparent I feel very very quickly through the first third of the tournament um and then it will be an interesting shootout for 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 four spot absolutely and uh yeah so for for these two sides pakistan plays india next game which is going to be absolutely massive on on all you know all number of levels uh sri lanka have australia so it doesn't get much easier for them uh trying to find some answers with that bowling attack and uh england play afghanistan as we mentioned bangladesh play new zealand which is uh obviously very much of interest to us and uh Overnight, we have India versus Afghanistan. So we'll be back uh, to bring you that game tomorrow morning. Uh, sounds like Shubman Gill is still struggling with, den- with dengue fever. Uh, you know, uh, it sounds like he might be out for, for a few more games, may even miss that Pakistan game. Uh, so 
yeah, but it didn't seem like it, it had uh, too much of an impact on that Indian lineup. Although obviously they they didn't start as well as they would like, but we will uh, not worry about trying to predict the the outcome of that game. We'll uh, mm-hmm. it won't be long before we're back in the saddle again, Raj and Baldy tomorrow morning to preview or to review that game. Uh, Raj, it's been a pleasure joining you again once again this morning, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning. Thank you very much for joining us, and, and have a great day.